is the secret to a prayer that glorifies God? Listen to Adrian Rogers. God is in the business of getting glory to Himself. The reason that so many of us don't get our prayers answered is we're not interested in the glory of God. We're trying to make God Santa Claus and a bellhop. Lord, I want you to do this for me or do that for me. God will answer personal prayers, but not selfish prayers. Is the desire of your heart the glory of God? Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the profound truth of the gospel presented in the practical biblical messages of Adrian Rogers. Everything begins with God. He is the source of all things, and everything leads back to Him. Everywhere we look, we see Jesus is the power, preserver, and purpose of creation. When we understand that prayer is a cycle, that like everything else in the world, it revolves around Jesus, we'll learn how to pray in a way that honors God. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 11. We'll begin in verse 36 as Adrian Rogers shares part two of The Secret of Effectual Prayer. I want to talk to you about effectual prayer, that in prayer God is the origin of effectual prayer. It is of Him. God is the operation of effectual prayer. It is through Him. And God is the objective of effectual prayer. It is to Him. Now think, first of all, about the origin of prayer. What is the origin of prayer? It is the purpose of God. It is of Him. The prayer that gets to heaven is the prayer that starts in heaven. It is of him. What is the purpose of prayer? What did the Lord Jesus teach us about prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now prayer, therefore, is not man's way of getting man's will done in heaven. It is God's way of getting heaven's will done on earth. Amen. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The origin of effective prayer is the purpose of God. It is of God. Now think about the operation of prayer. For not only is it of Him, but it is through Him. Not only does God originate the desire, but God enables us to pray, and it comes through Him, through the Holy Spirit of God. Now it is God that gives us, first of all, the desire to pray. Did you know that your flesh has absolutely no desire to pray? As a matter of fact, your natural instinct is to shy away from God, just like Adam and Eve ran and hid from God in the, in the garden. We don't seek Him. He sought us. Adam, where art thou? You see, it is, it is the Holy Spirit of God that gives us the desire to pray. And in that same 8th chapter of Romans, God says this, that God has sent forth His Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That means Daddy, Father. It's as natural for a Spirit-filled person to want to pray as it is for a little child to say Daddy to his Daddy. See, Abba, Father means Daddy, Father. So, prayer is through Him. It is the Lord who gives us the desire to pray. And then it is the Lord who gives us the direction to pray. How are we going to know what to pray for? I think this is the biggest problem that most of us have is finding the will of God in prayer. Is that not true? Sure. You see, the Bible says this is the confidence that we have in Him. 
If we ask him anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, it is the Holy Spirit of God in us that gives us that direction so that we will know how to pray. Sure, the Bible says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But, friend, that doesn't settle it. I mean, it is true. But the problem many times is that sometimes uh, uh, we want things we don't need. Isn't that true? We want things we don't need. Sometimes we need things we don't want. My dad used to say, you need a spanking. I didn't want one, but I needed one. And sometimes we need to pray for some things that we need that we don't want, that is, in and of ourselves. Well, how are we going to know how to pray for these things? And then sometimes we want things that we already have, and we're asking God to give us what we already have. We might be asking God to give us authority over the devil. You already have that. You already have that. Use it. Sometimes churches will be in a building program. They're saying, oh, God, oh, God, send us the money to build this building. Send us the money to build this building. They've already got the money. It's in their pockets and in their bank accounts. More than enough with people turn loose. They're just saying, Lord, you just float it down out of heaven so we won't have to give it. Isn't that right? Lord, give us what we already have, and we have it, and what we need to do is to release it rather than asking God to give us what we already have. So how are we going to know how to pray? In Matthew 18, Jesus Christ said this, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus said, And whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, if any two of you shall agree on earth is asking anything, is touching anything, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, he's talking about prayer. And he's talking about binding and loosing. But the Greek scholars rightly tell us that what that Scripture says is this, that whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. What that means is this, that we need to go up in heaven and see what is happening in heaven and bring it down to earth. Uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever is bound in heaven to be bound on earth, whatever is loosed in heaven will be loosed in earth. It is not you name it and claim it. It is, Lord, give me an insight into what is going on there in heaven. That's exactly what Jesus did. Now, Jesus was the absolute perfect human being. Now, he was God, but he was also man. And he lived here on earth not as God masquerading as a man, but as a man. He laid aside all of those prerogatives that were his as deity and lived this earth walked this earth as perfect man, praying and depending upon God. And Jesus said, listen to this, Jesus said, the Son can do nothing of himself. What he seeth the Father do, that's what he does. And he said, what I hear is what I speak. That is, I'm in tune to heaven. I don't originate these things. Even though he were perfect man and, and God in the flesh, Jesus said, I get the report from heaven. What I hear my Father 
say, I say. What I see my Father do, I do. Whatever is bound in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever is loosed in heaven is loosed on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, friend, that's the way that you get your prayers answered, not trying to superimpose your will on the will of God, but knowing what's going on in heaven. Now, do you know why we don't know what's going on in heaven? Because we spend very little time there in worship. We rush into the presence of God and say, Now listen, Lord, your servant is speaking. Rather than speak, Lord, for your servant hears. The secret of knowing the will of God is worship. Now you're in Romans 11 and verse 36. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, follow that. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul it's almost as if God is on his knees before man. I beseech you, therefore, those of us, since all things are, are of him and through him and to him, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, let's just pause there for a moment. Do you know what worship is? Worship is seeing the mercies of God and then just coming to God and say, Lord, I am a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, the sacrifices were killed, but I am alive. But I come and I place myself upon the altar. Now, what happened to a sacrifice that was placed upon the altar? It was consumed by fire. Do you know what worship is? Worship is bringing yourself to God, presenting yourself to God, and letting God consume you. Now, He won't consume an unholy sacrifice. But when you place yourself upon that altar and you say, Lord, not of me, all of you, here I am, Lord, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. Here, Lord, I am a living sacrifice. Then you know what happens? After that consummation, there's a transformation. And he says, when you present yourself, you'll not be conformed to this world, but you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you will prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. You will know the will of God, when you worship. You know, if we worshiped as we ought, if we spent enough time in heaven, we would know what's going on in heaven, and then we would be able to bring to heaven down on earth that which needs to be brought to earth, and we would be able to bind on earth what is bound in heaven and loose on earth what is loosed in heaven. And what the Father does, we will do, and what the Father says, we will say. You see, it is God who gives the desire to pray. It is God who gives the direction to pray. As I was preparing this sermon, I was trying to think of an illustration for this. I thought of something that happened to me when I was a young preacher, pastoring a church down in Florida, a little college church in a little town called Felsmere. There was a young man down in that church that I had a burden for. I was trying to lead that man to Jesus Christ. His name was Johnny. I was in the living room down on my knees, and I was worshiping and praising God, and I began to pray for Johnny. 
And the Lord impressed my spirit and spoke to me this way. Adrian, go to the center of the town. You'll find Johnny there in the center of the town. Ask him to ride with you to Vero Beach, which was about 15 or 20 miles away from where we were. Ask him to ride with you to Vero Beach, and he'll go with you to Vero Beach, and there you can witness to him and tell him about me. Now, I, I can't tell you how I felt this impressed in my heart because it wasn't an audible voice. But I felt that's exactly what God wanted me to do. And I told the Lord, Lord, I'm going now to meet Johnny. Got up and got in my Ford automobile and drove to the center of town, and there he was standing on the street corner. I had no idea in, in the flesh whether he was in town or in Timbuktu, but there he was standing around the street corner. I drove up. I said, Johnny, how are you? Fine, preacher. Johnny, I'm going to Vero Beach. Would you ride with me? Yes, sir. And jumped in the car. Didn't ask, why are you going? What's it for? He was why I was going, but I didn't say a word about it. On the way down there, I talked to him about Jesus. On the way back, we stopped the automobile, bowed our heads and prayed, and Johnny gave his heart to Jesus Christ and was saved. And I thought, man, I wish I knew more about prayer and knew how to pray like that all the time and, and could just... I think experiences like that would be much more normal to us than they are if we really knew how to worship. Find out what God wants done on this earth, that we might get a report from heaven, that we might look into heaven, and that God might speak to us. But so many times we're praying, Lord, bless this mess. Lord, uh, I, I made up some things that I want to do. Now here, Lord, I want you to rubber stamp all that I want to do. No, friend, prayer is of Him. It is through Him. He gives the desire, He gives the direction, and He also gives the dynamic. And what is the dynamic of prayer? It is faith. You can't just make yourself believe. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Well, even that faith is the gift of God. Even that faith is the gift of God. Did you think that faith came out of your poor carnal heart? No, it is God that puts that faith into you, but you must abide and allow God uh, to put that faith in you. Now watch it. What is the origin of prayer? The purpose of God. What is the operation of prayer? The power of God. It is through Him. And then what is the objective of prayer? The praise of God. Listen, the objective of prayer is the praise of God. Now listen to that verse. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be the glory. See, God is in the business of getting glory to Himself. The reason that so many of us don't get our prayers answered is we're not interested in the glory of God. We're trying to make God Santa Claus and a bellhop. Lord, I want you to do this for me or do that for me. Our prayers are not interested in the glory of God, but God is interested in getting glory to Himself. And He says, I will not share my glory with another. And that's the reason James says, You ask and receive not that you ask amiss, that you might consume it upon your lust. God will answer personal prayers, but not selfish prayers. Is the desire of your heart the glory of God? The cycle of prayer is that prayer originates with God, prayer operates through God, and prayer goes back to God to give God glory. Now, prayer says please. Praise says thank you. Prayer goes into God's presence to carry something away. <laughs> Praise goes into God's presence 
to stay there forever and ever. You see, the end of all things is not things, but God Himself. And when your heart is consumed not with the gifts of God, but with God, the glory of God. You know, I think one of the, uh, the greatest prayer promises is Romans 14, 11. Jesus said, Ask in my name that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ask in my name. That's the secret of asking in the name of Jesus. That the Father is glorified, to whom be glory. What does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus? Well, when you ask in the name of Jesus, that doesn't mean that you've got some little magic formula so you can just put Jesus' name on the end of your prayer, and because you put Jesus' name there on the end of your prayer, that's the magic formula. No. <laughs> Jesus said, You ask in my name, how? What? That the Father might be glorified in the Son. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things to whom be glory. That's why you ask in the name of Jesus. You can't pray anything in the name of Jesus that's not for the glory of God. Amen. You can't pray anything in the name of Jesus that is not for the glory of God. That's so important. And you know, we need to understand what it is like to pray in the name of Jesus. Have you ever awakened in the morning and just didn't feel like praying? Maybe you have a dull headache. Maybe last night you had sauerkraut and ice cream or whatever, and you didn't sleep well, and, and you, you just can't get your motor running, and, and your mind is fuzzy, and you say, oh, if I were to pray today, it'd just be a charade. I, I just don't feel like praying. I just don't feel it. My prayers are not juicy. Just seem like my prayer is getting no higher than the light bulb. Heaven is brass. Well, you say, well, maybe I've just got an upset stomach. And you go get some Alka Seltzer, drop it in that glass, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. And you drink that, and after a while you get to feeling pretty good. So, well, I, I believe it's time for my prayer. And you pray, and you have a wonderful time in prayer. I want to ask you a question. Were you any more on praying ground after you took that medicine than before? Not at all. I mean, you think God was in those two tablets? Do you think that made you more spiritual? Of course not. Would God have heard your prayer even if you didn't feel juicy when you prayed? Of course He would, unless you came with your own emotions. But if you came in the name of Jesus, it's not how you feel, it's His name that gets your prayer through. You need to understand that. It's not your emotions. Don't come in prayer with your hands filled with the brass of your emotions. Come with both hands filled with the worth of Jesus' name, the incense of Jesus' name, and in the name of Jesus that the Father would be glorified. Sometimes when I, it's time to preach and I get on my knees and I say, Oh, God. Oh, God, I'm not ready. Lord, I haven't prayed like I ought. Oh, God, have mercy, God. And I feel so unworthy, like I just haven't done enough. Been busy here, been busy there, haven't sought God. And the Lord says, Well, Adrian, mm -hmm. 
If you'd have been doing all these things that you ought to do, then would you think that you deserved an answer to your prayer? Would you have thought you've earned an answer to your prayer? Don't you understand, Adrian? It's not your sweat, it's his blood. It's his blood. You just come, you just come in the name of Jesus. And when it dawns on you, friend, that it's not your emotion and it's not your worth and it's not your sweat and it's not your performance, it's his promise, his name. And then you can't help but saying, to whom be glory forever and ever. The origin, it is of him. The operation, it is through him. The objective, it is to him. He is the source. He is the strength. He is the subject of your prayers. He, friend, the Lord Jesus, is what it's all about. Of him, the purpose of God. Through him, the power of God. To him, the praise of God. You complete the circuit when you pray. Effectual prayer is the Holy Spirit finding a desire in the heart of the Father, then putting that desire into our heart, and then sending it back to heaven in the power of the cross, resulting in the glory of God. That's what prayer is. There's a reason why so many of us are just on the shores of effectual prayer. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. Well, today, as you've listened to this message, maybe you are in need of prayer or you want to pray for a fellow brother or sister in Christ. We'd love to direct you to our prayer wall. If you can, go to our website homepage and scroll down to find that prayer wall at lwf.org radio. You'll find the option to submit a prayer request or pray for others. This resource is one of our favorite ways to keep the ministry and the community praying continually for one another's needs. Go to that website today. We can't wait to hear from you and to pray with you and for you today. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of the entire message, which we haven't had time for today, call 877-LOVE-GOD and mention the title, The Secret of Effectual Prayer. This message is also part of the insightful series, Foundations for Our Faith, where that complete three-volume collection, 27 powerful messages, call 877-LOVE-GOD, or you can order online at lwf.org radio. Or write us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. You may not know, you can also purchase our new Bible studies, much like this message, in our online store. For more on that, go to lwf.org radio. The secret of effectual prayer is that it happens by God, through God, and to God. Spend some time in prayer today and ask God to direct your prayers so that you may know His will. Spend time praising Him as well. Stay in His presence. Seek His glory. And join us next time for more from Adrian Rogers right here 
on Love Worth Finding. We were so encouraged to read this recent comment from a Facebook friend. Adrian Rogers' broadcasts are still as filled with the Lord's blessing today as they were 20 years ago. He was truly a man of God and a blessing for sure. You know, at Love Worth Finding, we continue that vision that Pastor Rogers had to draw people to Jesus and help believers grow deeper in their faith. To thank you for your support right now, we'd love to send you our new More Than Conquerors Bible Study. Are you just surviving life until you get to heaven, going through the motions? It's not the Christian life God wants you to live. In this eight-week study on the book of Romans, Adrian Rogers shows how to live in the victory you've been given in Christ Jesus. Request this resource when you call with a gift right now at 1-877-LOVE-GOD or give online at lwf.org radio. And thanks for your generous support of love worth finding.